to another story edition from the Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of the Raven Narratives. And earlier this year, we had the great pleasure of working with students from Southwest Open School in Cortez and Animus High School in Durango for a youth storytelling event called Talon Tales. Big thanks goes to Nate Osgood at Southwest Open School and Allie Johnson at Animus High School, both wonderful teachers, for supporting this project featuring the voices of youth across our communities. The story you're about to hear was told by Ryan Glagowski. He's a boy from Florida who is now a sophomore at Animus High School. He enjoys skateboarding and making people laugh. He could closely be compared with Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he dreams of owning a bus one day. Here is Ryan's story. So, uh, any of you guys have older brothers? Because, uh, any, we're, any of you guys ever two years old? Because I was two years old once, believe it or not. And I had an older brother, and I, uh, I looked up to him a lot because, you know, he was bigger than me. He could run faster by, from the end of one fence to the other than me. And, uh, he was just older than me, you know? He was like a cool dude. I'm taller than him now, though, so it's cool and it evens out. Um, but I really looked up to my brother. Uh, and it led me into a lot of dumb scenarios. Like when I was two years old, I, uh, my brother was three at the time. He's one year older than me. He, uh, he got his training wheels taken off of his first bike. So I was super jealous because I still had my training wheels on my mongoose. I was like, yo, I don't want, I don't want wheels on my mongoose, Brody. <laughs> so I don't know how I did this. Uh, it still amazes me to this day. But my mom was upstairs taking a bath. So I ran into the garage. I got on my bike, but it had the training wheels on it. I don't know how to take off training wheels, I'm two. So I walk next door, and I knock on my neighbor, who's a mechanical engineer's house. Like, he's a mechanical engineer, right? I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, he's probably qualified to take off training wheels. <laughs> so I knock on his door, and I, I faintly remember saying something like, this, my brother has training wheels, I don't, so can you take off my training wheels? Something like that. And I convinced him. He wasn't a very smart mechanical engineer, apparently. <laughs> so he takes the training wheels off my bike. And I, uh, I walk my bike to the top of this hill. Now keep in mind, I live in South Florida. Hill is kind of a, uh, you know, like an um, elaboration. It's like, it's like this steep, you know, I feel like, like the altitude loss going down would probably be like 15 feet. But it was the biggest hill for probably like a mile. So I, I, t I bring my bike up to the top of this hill, and I'm looking down at it. I was bad at pedaling. I needed a hill. And uh, I look up. The last thing I did was I looked up to, my, uh, to my, um, my house. And my mom, I see her face in the second story window. And she's looking down at me. And she sees her child, like her two-year-old child, in the middle of the road on his bike with no training wheels. And I immediately see her eyes widen, and she runs. So my thought wasn't, okay, I should be safe. I should like apologize to my mom for being an idiot. My thought, my thought process was along the lines of, ooh, I can impress her. I can like, I can get, I can get my training wheels taken off permanently right here. This is like a, this is a good, uh, it's a good opportunity. I'm gonna seize this opportunity. So I wait till my, I wait for my mom to see it. I wait till she bursts through the garage door, and then I kick off. And I, I, I rode my bike in the way you see every two-year-old ride a bike. I was sitting down like this, and my head was way back. And I was going down this road, and for the first, like, three, four seconds, killed it. Couldn't have been better. Like, it was great, right? I was just going straight. 
I was like having fun, most of all. It's the most important part, right? And then it got to the point where it was not fun because this started happening. I leaned to the left. My bike turned to the left. I'm like, oh, crap. You got to turn to the right now. So I tried to turn to the right. And this time I went a little bit farther right than I had left. So then I turned to the left again, a little bit farther left. And I'm zigzagging across this road at this point. And I'm going like almost two lanes each, each turn. And this is white van. And I remember I went so close to it on a turn that I had to duck my head under its windshield. And then I turned around. I was like, oh, heck yeah. That looked like some Matrix stuff. I didn't know what Matrix was. I didn't think of that at the time. You know, I was like, that's cool. But I swerve across the road, and I see directly in front of me this 1999 red Honda Civic. And it was the mechanical engineer's car, funny enough. So uh, don't, I guess he learned a lesson to not like trust a two-year-old. Because I ran into his car like real fast. Like, I didn't know how to work brakes. You know, like, like the only brakes I had ever seen on my brothers. He had the squeezy brakes. I had like the backwards turny brakes. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I was thinking, oh, I should probably, like go backwards. No, like what? So I ran into the car, and I smashed my face against it, and I slid under the car. But I wasn't crying yet. Not yet, because no one was. First of all, no one was around to see me cry, so it didn't matter if I cried. Um, and second of all, it hadn't hit me yet. So what I decided to do was I looked up at this exhaust pipe. Like I noticed the exhaust pipe was there and I wasn't wearing a helmet because I'm a smart boy. And I, uh, I tried to sit up and I slammed my head against the exhaust pipe. Like just like I watched it happen. Like I watched myself just slam my head into the exhaust pipe. And then I like, sl- I, like fell back down and slammed my head on the pavement. And that's when I started crying because I heard my mom's footsteps behind me. So I was like, oh cool, I can cry now and not get in as much trouble, right? Cool. So she pulls me out. And she like puts a band-aid on my head. It didn't really I don't know why. I think it's like that thing where parents put band-aids on your head just so, you know, it's like like the placebo of it. I think I was like probably fine, right? But I uh I didn't have my training wheels off, so I was like actually it was like recent. It was too recent for it to be okay. Like <laughs> I got my training wheels off like literally like two months later. I don't know I don't know how I did it. I guess I guess my plan worked. I impressed her. Uh let's fast forward like five-ish years to uh, some other stuff my brother has inspired me to do. Uh, out back of my house in, in Florida, again, all it takes place in Florida, there are these woods, um, and to get to them, you have to climb over this, like, like it was probably like here now, but I was a little dude, so it was like here to me, you know? So I had to climb over this fence, this, this black fence had bird poop all over the top of it, but we didn't care, we touched the bird poop. No. Uh, and then, and then after that fence, there's like this, uh, about like maybe a five, six foot cement wall down, and then there's like pine needles, you know, went off. And we always had to walk like three blocks this way, then like turn like across, and like go then all the way back down to our house to get across the, around the fence. But my brother figured out something super cool to do. He figured out you could climb over the fence, hang off the edge of it, and then drop. And I was like, that's cool. I could do that. I know I could do that. That's easy. But I wasn't at the age anymore where I need to equal him. I was like, I need to one-up him. You know, like I need to be better than this kid. So I decided that the best thing I could do was to climb on top of the fence, look across at this palm tree, and jump. And like try to koala hug this tree. Um, so that's what my plan was. I saw my brother looking up at me. And he was probably thinking, oh, he's just going to like kind of fall down, you know? But no, I didn't do that. So I jumped. I leaned a little bit too far forward. So instead of like like four points of contact, I got like one. 
or like maybe, maybe two also, like right here. And I, I, I grabbed this tree and I smacked my face against it. And I remember hearing a thud in my head. Like, like, like my head was hollow, kind of funny, yeah. Uh, but I, I, then I fell to the ground. Like I, like I hit it and then in the air, I was like this still. And then it fell all the way backwards onto the ground. It didn't slide at all. I actually got like a bunch of like my hands cut up because it's a palm tree and like their bark goes up. And like the, like the thread isn't down. So as I slid down, I was like hitting pieces of bark. So I let go, of course, right? I'm not dumb, come on. And I, I landed on my back. I, I landed on my back. And the first thing I noticed was the, uh, the suspicious penny taste in my mouth. Because this tooth had gone up into this gum. And like you could like, it was like my tooth was exposed higher than it should have been. But I pushed it back. And there was blood coming out of my mouth. And me and my brother look at each other. We were in like third grade at this point, so we knew all the cool words, right? He goes, dude. I look at him and go, bro. And he's like, that was real stupid. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. This blood coming out of my mouth. And he was like dripping down my chin. And we decided that uh, instead of telling my mom, we have a habit of not telling my mom things, we uh, would go into the woods, find like these soft leaves, I think they're called like rabbit clove, rabbit's foot, something like that. And we just stuffed it up there like tissue paper, we didn't know if it was poisonous. Aww. I mean, it worked, okay? <laughs> like, it worked. It was, my lip was only like a little bit big for a little bit, whatever. Um, I guess my brother isn't the only person who's influenced me to do some dumb things. I'm not saying it's his fault, I'm just, you know, like that. Um, but my mom also uh, kind of uses reverse psychology, psychology on me, so her fault for that one. <laughs> so I was sitting on the couch watching Spongebob. It was my favorite episode. It's the episode where uh, Spongebob and Patrick, like, or Pat, well, I guess like Spongebob, what's his name, Squidward? Yeah, that's Squiddy dude. He goes back in time and invents jellyfishing, real fun. And uh, so it was already a great day, right? Uh, my mom says, yo, who wants to make 7-Up salad? Sick, right? 7-Up salad's great. If you don't know what 7-Up salad is, it's this, uh, salad, um, where it's just, like, I think it's like 7-Up, like the soda, the knockoff Sprite, and, uh, Jell-O with, like, pineapple in it. So we, uh, so we, we go to make that, and I'm sitting next to this electric flat top, I'm looking at it, and I can feel the heat kind of coming off it while my mom's boiling this water. And uh, she picks it up, and she says, I'm going to go boil, or I'm um, sorry, I'm going to go pour the jello in this boiling water to make a jello. So my mom was wanting to know how you, that's how you make jello. Pretty cool, right? Um, she's like, okay, cool. So the spirit of adventure was already in me. And she walks around this corner to go pour it. And uh, I'm looking at the stove, and there's like this glowing red dot on it where it's hot, you know? I'm thinking, hey, that's a pretty cool dot. <laughs> I like that dot. And I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I touched that dot. <laughs> like a boiled water, I wonder what it would do to my hand. But I think it would probably be fine if I like touched it real fast. And then I noticed it was starting to fade away. So I was like, okay, now or never. So I didn't, I didn't even, like, I didn't even like, like take one finger, you know? I didn't even take like one finger. I just like went hand first. Like I just went like, I just gave that so high five. And I left it on for too long because my skin started bubbling and it sizzled. And the reason my mom knew this happened was because you could hear my hand burn. She comes in the kitchen, says, did someone touch the stove? She looks over at me, I'm like, <laughs> like, she goes, Ryan, did you touch the stove? I'm like, Ryan, give me your hand. I'm like, okay. 
It's like, giving my hand it's like a bubble, like all over it. It's like basically one big bubble, and it's like all red. She's like, "You touched the stove, didn't you, Ryan?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Why'd you touch the stove?" I'm like, "Isn't that cool?" Ah, uh, we just put ice on it. We got we called the doctor over. He's just like, "Yeah, put ice on it." I'm like, "Yeah, seems fine for my hand boiling." I was really mad about that. I was super like heated over him, just saying, "Yeah, let's put ice on it." Um. Don't always learn by doing. <laughs> learn. I, I I would say that a, a great a great piece of advice is to ask others things that might be potentially harmful to you. And uh, have have some common sense. It should be more common than it is. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan, for telling your story. To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share these stories with your friends. And to find out what the themes will be at upcoming events and to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to our website at ravennarratives.org, check out the events page, and then fill out the form on the contact page to pitch your story. The Raven Narratives also offers group and one-on-one storytelling services to support organizations and businesses. More on those services is also on our website. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there, taken by the incredible McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots Photography. Find out more about her photography services for shooting your portraits or special events at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for an outtake. <laughs> Huge thanks goes. <laughs> Enormous thanks. Gigantic thanks. <laughs> the largest <laughs> thanks I've ever thanked in my thanking life. More thanks than we could ever <laughs> say, really. It's Eternal. hard to express the largeness of the thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> there is no word for it. <laughs>